Hey there, my name is Mei Ling. I'm a certified life coach, trauma-trained practitioner, and yes, I'm a trainer myself. And welcome to my podcast, Finding Freedom in the Hologram. Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode three of season six. Now, I have noticed that there's been quite a few downloads, so I'm gathering that you guys are really loving <laughs> this season of a sports theme of how professional athletes use mindset, right? Mindset tools so that they can get an edge in their performance, especially when it comes to competitive sports when things are at stake. Because let's face it, as traders, the moment we enter a live trade, things are at stake, <laughs> depending on your position size, right? And your risk management. So for this episode, we are going to talk about the sport of pole vaulting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it may seem random, but believe me, there is a method to this madness. <laughs> so I've always admired, because I've never tried pole vaulting myself. I've only seen it on TV. And to me, it just seems fascinating because there's quite a few components, right? You're juggling quite a few things at once. And I do admire the human body for being able to coordinate hand-eye coordination to even think up of, of this sport in the first place. So imagine this, you have to choose a pole and then you're running with this pole, which I don't know how much the pole typically weighs, weighs but that seems like a feat in itself. And then you have to insert it in the right place <laughs> at the right time, swing yourself up and over and clear the bar. <laughs> right? So to me, there's a lot going there. There's a lot of hand-eye coordination there. And for somebody that used to play table tennis and uh, different sports competitively, you know, um, baseball and scuba diving and, 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 and rock climbing, right? Mountaineering. Like, I kind of know what it takes to practice and basically trying to up-level your hand-eye coordination all the time and try to improve yourself in a sporting sense. And to me, pole vaulting. Seems very complicated. So hats off to pole vaulters or people who have tried the sport of pole vaulting. And today I want to talk about a particular person. And for those of you, you know, if you've had awareness of this sport and you've seen TV and Olympics, I'm pretty sure you know this name. And this name is a man called Sergei Bubka. Now he's renowned as one of the greatest pole vaulters in the history of track and field athletics. So Sergey broke the world record for men's pole vaulting a staggering 35 times throughout his career. That is an unprecedented feat, right, in the sport, if you think about this. If you think about the number of times, let's say, Michael Phelps, you know, won gold medals and, and really big names, right? When you think about breaking the world record, most people just want to break it once. <laughs> this man broke it 35 times. Now, it is his ability to consistently surpass his own personal best records that has set him apart and solidified his legacy as an exceptional athlete. While Sergei Bubka was an immensely successful athlete, he, like any other individual, just like the rest of us, also faced challenges and setbacks throughout his career. Now, one notable thing about Bubka is that he had difficulty winning an Olympic gold medal in the pole vault, despite the fact that he was basically dominating the sport. And 
this was a fact that actually my dad told me. Because <laughs> I remember, you know, my dad used to have on the weekends the TV on in the background. In the morning, my dad had a routine. He would read the newspaper while his steaming cup of hot coffee was on the dining table, read a newspaper, and sometimes he would read two different types of newspapers and, and more, find out what is going on in the world. And, you know, Singapore is a very small country. <laughs> we are a tiny dot. We are a tiny island. And you, you cover the news very quickly in Singapore. So in order to educate himself and, and know what's going on, and my dad has always worked for multinational corporations and traveled on international planes in the late 70s and 80s, <laughs> I think he's always had this curiosity about the world. And he loved watching sports and different sports. So the Olympic Games, World Championships, motor car rallies, um, motorbike sports. You know, he, he was always watching something on the background. Not necessarily 100% focused on it, but I think it just pleased him to know which competitions was, were going on at what time, you know, in different places in the world. And I remember seeing the pole vaulting. And it will be World Championship. And this guy, Sergei Bubka, was on TV. And my dad actually said to me, Ah, this guy is quite interesting. Because he's so good in this sport. And he's basically won every championship in Europe, World Championships. But somehow, when it comes to the Olympics, something happens. And he finds it difficult to win. He loses his cool. He's no longer in top form. And I remember my dad, my dad said this to me very distinctly. So I did some research in for this season of um, this podcast. And I found out more, which is so interesting. In the Barcelona 1992 Olympics, Sergei actually aborted his first vault mid-run. So imagine this. It's time for him. It's his turn. He grabs the pole, he starts running, and then he just stops. And he goes, yep, that's not happening now. And then subsequently, he then blamed the swirling wind and poor choice of pole for his third jump. Now, the Washington Post wrote an article in 1992, and Sergei was actually quoted as saying, Choosing the right pole is like gambling. You have to be thinking all the time. <laughs> And in another instance, he blamed time. He said, it looks like my watch was running faster than usual. And then he conceded, but of course, it could have just been my nerves playing up. Or he blamed the start time. He actually said, you know, nobody said that you are jumping next. It was a bit of a mess. Okay, my friends, what have you noticed that there's a pattern in Sergei's answers when the, when the press, when media question him, when they say, hey, what was going on in your mind? You are obviously the expected winner in this sport. You've won pretty much every other championship. What's going on? Why are you not performing to the standard that we expect? And he gives all these answers. He had a reason each time that he didn't clear and make the jump. And if you had noticed... His reasons were all external. It was every other thing at fault and not him. Where's the accountability? He didn't take responsibility for his performance. 
what makes the Olympics so different? Why do your nerves, why do athletes, their nerves and their mindsets all start to like, you know, waver when it comes to Olympics? Well, think about this. Unlike other regional competitions, the Olympics are truly global. It's on a global scale. All eyes on you because media from multiple countries and they are like streaming it everywhere. And they are international competitors. So if you are European and you normally compete in the European Championships, you kind of see the same faces and you know who's your competition and you know what their performance is like, right? How do they perform in that particular sport? However, internationally, when it comes to Olympics, you may be in Europe, but all of a sudden you're facing competitors from Africa, from Asia, competitors that you're not very clear on, that you don't know what they're like, what their performance is like. All of a sudden you're like, ooh, there might be somebody here who I don't know and they might actually be very good. So that's one aspect of it. Another aspect is that the Olympics happens every four years. So there's a very limited window of opportunity. And if you're an older athlete, let's say, or your sport has a particularly short window of time because it might be very physically demanding, then hey, this might be the only Olympics that you qualify for in your country. So if you miss this opportunity, that's it. So the stakes are very high here. And thirdly, it's a matter of national pride. You know, you're representing your country. The uniform that you wear, the jersey that you wear, the, um, the tracksuit that you're wearing, right? When you come in, you're, if you wave the flag, some people get tattoos, some people get um, the color, they stencil, you know. So feeling that sense of pride of representing your country. So these three factors all chime in to make it even more intense for the athlete. So as your athletic performance needs to scale, your mindset needs to scale too. You basically need a mindset of steel, (laughs) essentially. Because the pressure of the world's eyes are on you, of your country's expectations, of being in an unfamiliar stadium out of your comfort zone. Now, I was talking about this concept that I hope is a tool that you can use that's helpful for you. Because when we seek to improve and when we seek to grow in ourselves, first, you need to heal. Healing is involved. So think about this word, H-E-A-L-I-N-G. That is the foundational aspect because we are all suffering and in some aspect, we all have some wounds from our past, from not succeeding before, from thinking that we are a failure before, from thinking that we are a loser before, from thinking that we didn't get to this stage before. So we come with old wounds and in order to move forward, we need to accept and we need to heal where we've been. So this word healing, and I'm just going to use the consonant. So Even though healing does have vowels in it, (laughs) it's the consonants that matter in this case. So H. H is for humility. So admit that you have more to learn. You may have trained some time. You may feel like you've got some level, a grasp, almost reaching certain expertise, but you have more to learn. You can always improve. Acknowledge the ego and where you've been, but tune in into your soul. Your soul is the authentic part of you. Now, the letter L. Leverage your inner wisdom. 
So in my coaching program, I teach my clients on how to use a tool called the body compass to really tune into the body, to really tune into the soul. Basically, you, your body is so wise and every experience you've ever had is recorded in your body. Your body knows the score if you've ever read that book. Now, so much of the time, we are so bombarded with information and with your smartphone and things coming at you and fake news. And, you know, it's so many gigabytes, terabytes, right, per second. that All this information is coming at you. Now, your body can process 11 million bits of information at one time, whereas your brain is like 40 bits of information. Think about that. Your body is so wise and can react so much faster before you can actually rationalize it. So I teach my clients on leveraging the inner wisdom. Each one of us can unlock that. We can tap into that. It's just having the skills to do so. So leverage the inner wisdom. And some of you might just be innately, inherently using it and you don't even know it. <laughs> when we talk about your gut instinct, your intuition. So leverage that. Now the next consonant, the letter N, neutrality. It is a no-judgment zone. Once you notice and you become aware, don't judge yourself. Try to be neutral. And for my traders, think about this. Losing isn't the worst thing. Winning isn't the best thing. So what is better than winning then? Beating your own personal best. Knowing that you're progressing, that you're becoming better. Right? So you're not comparing yourself to others. You're not thinking, you're not being impatient with yourself. You are just knowing that you are striving, you're putting in the work, you're practicing, you are not accepting and you're not settling for anything less because you are willing to push yourself to get there, to get to where you want to go. But you're not judging yourself along the way, you're challenging yourself along the way. You're making it fun, right? This is something that you want to do not because you feel you have to do. And the last consonant, the letter G, groundedness. Feeling that you're grounded, staying grounded, not being so up there and head in the clouds, totally not being in your reality anymore. Being realistic with your goals. You don't expect somebody who starts a new job and within five weeks says, why am I not promoted yet? <laughs> <laughs> you need time to say, hey, have I truly learned the skills that I need to up-level? Do I truly feel safe in order to take this amount of risk, to take this position size, to go and up-level and to put more money in my account, to trade with more money? So are you staying grounded? Ask yourself this question. Do you feel supported no matter what? If you don't feel supported, what can you do to get the support that you need? Okay, ask yourself these questions so that you're not spinning out. You're not succumbing to the fight, flight and freeze, but you're actually calm and rational so that you can make the best decisions for you. Because we want you to feel like you're flying, like you're soaring, not like you're bound or chained, which is what Sergei Bubka felt, you know, each time he felt the weight, the nerves getting to him in Olympic Games. Now, traders, when you are stressed, when you feel like you detest yourself or feel disappointed in yourself, do you think you're in the right state to win, to profit? Probably not. So emotional control, 
being able to develop discipline under stressful conditions that you know activate your nervous system, right? These are stressful conditions that you know trigger you, that causes you to be in fight and flight response or freeze. People hesitate, they doubt themselves and they don't dare entering a live trade. You need to then learn the skills that you are lacking so that you can regulate all of that to be able to regulate your emotions, to be able to regulate your nervous system and then develop the discipline that goes with it so that you can become a calm, profitable Zen trader. All right, my friends, I hope this episode has been useful. I've given you a useful tool. Go back and listen to this if you need to and feel free to write any comments below or let me know, you know, um, DM me in Instagram. I would love to hear from you. And I hope that this tool you'll find really useful to help you stay grounded, right? Write it out if you need to, paste it up on your wall in your office so that when you're trading, this is always in front of you. When you see it, it's right there. You remind yourself, hey, this is what I need to do in order to stay grounded, in order to feel safe, in order to stay calm. And I hope that this serves you well during trading or other times of stress. All right, I'll see you next time. Bye.